Once he grows up, we're in Shemot. We're going to be in Aliyat Sheni, I believe. And I want to show you another Midrash, which I discovered something about it this week. This is one of the Midrashim. See, we are going against our... Uh... Can you tell Stevie that every time I read something down here, for him, it's not only Midrash. There's also some explanation. Sometimes they're not, they, they don't only... It's not Midrash, it's like this. Sometimes there's an explanation. Sometimes it's just explanation. Yeah. Can you tell you read it? You read it, so it's in the back of your head. So. <laughs> you have to read no, it. There's uh, not only Midrash here. All right. Okay. We're in the third Aliyah. Third? We are going to. We're, yeah, we're, I'm starting from the beginning. I'm not starting from the beginning. We're going to start yeah. from. We are in Shlishi. We are in Shlishi, but third Aliyah. No. We're in the third Aliyah, Shlishi. Shlishi. Okay. 28. Uh, verse 11 in chapter 2. Okay. I, I'm starting from when Moshe is already older. And what I want to analyze is, of course, something we analyzed in the past. There is a famous uh, uh, commentary by Steve, I think it was two years ago, that uh, people still tell me about it. They tell me, oh, I listened to Steve at this idea, it was so interesting. But um, about, you were talking about how, you were talking about how Moshe must have had a crisis of identity. Right? And it was, it was a brilliant idea, which I, I never, it never dawned on me until you said it. Okay? But I want to focus on I want to focus on understanding what is it that, that drives Moshe. What is like, if we're trying to understand the character of Moshe, what will be the drive, the driving force behind everything he does? Okay, and I think that'll help us understand why Moshe maybe is selected as the leader of Am Yisrael. No, because I think you're probably going to get it right. I want to read the psukim first. I realized that yesterday. Let's read it. I want to I'll read the psukim and then I want to, we'll quickly get to it. And it was in those days, Moshe grew up, he was older, and he goes out to his brothers. And he sees their difficulty. And he sees a, an Egyptian man striking a Jewish man from his brethren. Now, my first question is from his brothers, the people he identified with. And that's my first question. My first question is, why does Moshe consider the Jews his brethren? And not the Egyptians. Because he spent four mother, years. Mother, he spent okay. He spent four years with his mother. Three years, maybe two. I don't know how long they nursed for back then. Maybe they nursed until three instead of what we six months today. So two years he spent with his mother, and then they sent. She, she sent her off into the palace. Sent him off into the palace. How did he have? I, I agree. It's probably that from the mother. But why did he identify with the Jews more than the Egyptians if the vast majority of his life was in the palace? It's a very, it's a very strong question. And it's a very impressive thing to think about Moshe. So Ramban says that why would he identify with his brothers? Because they told him growing up that he is originally a Jew and he's in the palace because of the grace of the daughter of Paro. So they told him that he's a Jew. But even if they tell you that your ancestry is Jewish... Why would, you, why would you go out of your comfort zone to leave the posh, comfortable existence of the palace to go to the weaker side? So that is the first thing we notice about Moshe Benu, the first pasuk about him as a grown-up, is for some reason he identifies his brethren as the weaker ones when he could have very easily identified with the strong, rich, powerful... Well, that's step one. 
Vayichan, and he sees that an Ish Mitzri, an Egyptian man, is striking a Jewish man from his brothers. Vayichan, Kova, Chova, Yarki, and Ish, he looks this way, that way, he sees there's no man. Vayachet, Hamitzri, Vaytmeneu, Bachol, he strikes the Egyptian and he buries him in the sand. Vayetzeb, Bayom Hashini, he goes out the next day. Vayhineh, Shnei, Anashim, Ivrim, Nitzim, and he sees two Jewish men, men, are fighting. And he says to the wicked one, not the wicked one, to the one who is at fault, meaning the one who was striking, the one who was the one who was striking, who's on top. Yeah, he says, "Why are you striking your brother?" Who put you in charge of us? Are you saying you're going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And now this is news to Moshe because Moshe thought that he had killed the Egyptian in, in secrecy. And then all of a sudden this Jew is telling him this as if it's public knowledge. Everybody knows. Everybody yeah, knows he Jew killed the Egyptian. The Jew that was saved by him probably went and told him. You know, Moshe, one from the palace, he saved me. Okay? Could be. I never realized that. And by the way, you wanna, do you know where else someone was asked if you think you're going to come here and judge us? Where do we see that? Oh. Uh, Yaakov. No, no, no. no when he wanted to marry the younger his no. daughter, because he says it's not our way. Okay, good. Good point, but there's one that's even more precise. Oh. When Lot came to the to Sodom and he tells the people of Sodom are surrounding his house and he says, Take my daughters, and they say, What do you mean take your daughters? You come here and you're gonna tell us what to do. The one guy comes to live amongst us and he decides to be a judge. The reason I'm pointing that out is, is because it seems to be like a theme that when people, they want to tell someone that they're not welcome, they say, you want to come, you come here and you decide you're our judge. So what, are, what is the Jewish guy telling Moshe? You're not welcome here. What do you, why, why do you think you're just going to come? Because you're an Egyptian. Why do, you, why do you assume that you could be part of this? Part of us? Okay? Um, I'm sorry, but these guys, they knew that Moshe was a Jew. What did they know? I don't know. So, within the palace, the Ramban, the Ramban, the Ramban says that within the palace, they told him that he's, he's, his mom was Jewish. Which is why he may have identified. How much the outsiders recognized that Moshe was Jewish, I don't know. His mom knew... I know, but there are tons of Jews out there. I don't know that he was Jewish. I don't know if they yeah, knew. Listen, the rest of the Jewish people, they knew about Moshe. He definitely didn't look Jewish. We know he doesn't look Jewish because when he goes to Lot, when he goes to Yitro, they say it's, a, it's an Egyptian man saved us. Yeah. Because just for him to have the feeling towards his brothers, Jewish brothers, is that he grew up in a home always... Uh, he wasn't treated the same as the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh, okay? So it was, you have to assume that. That's why he felt different. So that's why he connected to the people. He went to go and look at them. You think they mistreated him in the house though? No, not no. they mistreated him. But, but he just was on a different level. level. He was not at the same level. He was reminded that your daughter, your son of an Israeli. I, I think there's probably evidence to that because of how quickly Paro is, is ready to kill him. Sure. Next pasuk. Paro hears this that he killed the Egyptian. He wants to kill him. If he's your son, he says, "Okay, my son killed one of my servants. I'll put him, take him off the hook. Right? I'll, I'll um, get him off the hook." 
Here he wants to kill him. So I think Steve's saying has some merit. He probably was on a different level. We watched so many movies that we thought that Moshe is like... The movies don't mean anything. The movies do not mean anything. By default, that being treated differently is very humbling. It's a very humbling experience for anybody. You know, so you look internally. Who am I really? Am I son of the? Am I belong to this, or yeah. I belong to the Hebrews? I can imagine that that, that was happening right. to an extent. Right. Sure. Okay. So he goes and he goes to. He runs away from Paro. And he goes to Midian and he sits on a well. And we know wells are very good places to get married. Anybody is looking to find a well? You should put a well. There, there is. There's a well. There's a. There's a well or something. They make that a meeting spot. Oh yeah. Our well today is Oh yeah, our well today is our Kenny and he had seven daughters. And they came and they filled up the troughs in order to feed the sheep of their father. He clearly has no sons because this is the job of sons typically. Okay? So they, uh, to feed the, the sheep of their father. But then the shepherds came and they chased these girls away. So Moshe came and he saved them. And he fed their sheep for them. And they approached Ruel, their father. And he said, why did you come back so quickly today? An Egyptian man saved us from all these shepherds. And he did all the work. This is a problem where he calls them here. This is a problem for his future. This is his future. Yes, but there's two incidents here. They're showing, they're exposing the character of Moshe. In two experiences. One is helping. He's always helping the weak. He's helping the weak. That's what we're going to get to, yeah. Um, let me just yes. finish the Tsukim because I want to I want to yeah, point yeah. out that that's the theme. Natural yeah. that, that's the entire yeah, yeah. theme. Yes, yes. And then the father says, "Where is this man? Bring him and let him eat bread. Let him dine with us." Moshe will to stay with the man, and he married the daughter of the man Sipora. And he had a son, and he called him Gerishom, because he said, I was a, a, foreigner. a, a foreigner in a, in a, in a uh, foreign land. It's a stranger in a foreign land. A stranger in a foreign land. Now, why is this uh, is significant? What? Where is he now? He's in Midian. It's, it's, if you want to know where Midian, if this is Israel, Midian is here. Sinai. Sinai area. It's, uh, it's Arabian Peninsula. Somewhere in the Arabian Peninsula. Is okay? it like uh, Dubai? No, Dubai is... Uh, Dubai is... <laughs> he wishes he's in Dubai. Okay. Um, first of all, what's the significance of the fact that he named his son Gerishom? I'm a foreigner in a foreign him, land. To him, his land was Egypt. Since he, he said to himself... Correct, well, what is that? To say, this is who I really am. No, I'm seeing it the other way. I'm seeing it that we know that he feels lost. Yes. He feels lost. Yes. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have... He doesn't feel at home. What we have at this point like with Moshe... Said, like you said, when you name his kid. Yeah, same, similar to Yosef. And that's why the naming of sons is always very important because it tells you what's going on in the head of the namer. Right? So, what we have... Let's go through the stories we just read. Moshe recognizes that his brethren, Elechav, 
are the Jewish people. And we said that's not to be expected. Why would you? Why would you? Let me go identify with the poor people. Why? Two, an Egyptian man is striking a Jewish man. This is not fair. Kills the Egyptian man. He sees two Jewish people fighting and he sees one striking the other. Why would you be striking your brother? Shouldn't you be united against the Egyptians? Why don't you guys have unity? Why are you fighting? And then the guy says, who do you think you are? Get out of here. So then Paro now wants to kill him. So he has to leave and he approaches Midian and we see the same exact characteristic. He sees poor women who are women in the Torah always less, uh, are always the more disadvantaged. Like for example, who is the classic case of a poor person? A widow, right? So the disadvantaged advantaged women are being abused by the shepherds. And once again, Moshe, he cares for the women and he saves them and he helps them and he shoes the, the shepherds away. And then finally we have the naming of a son in which he is lost. He seems to be lost, okay? So the first theme we see is the identity with the less fortunate. Identifying with the less fortunate. And the reason Moshe is, and that's such a good trait for the, for the carrier of the Torah to have, is because that's probably the ultimate theme in the entire Torah. There is no mitzvah that is listed more times in the entire Torah than helping the ger, the atom, almana. You know these words by heart, the ger, the atom, almana, because you see it. Every single mitzvah ties back to caring for the poor and the needy. You can argue, you can argue, again, speculate that, you know, he grew up in House of Power, so he's struggling with his identity, okay? So he's helping the weak, okay? And then he meets, he's helping the weak lady, okay? And then when he has a, as a kid, he's actually the first uh, step towards uh, being at peace with yourself is admission. So the naming of the son is a form of admission. I am a stranger in a foreign land. This is who I am, and I'm okay with it. I mean, you I think he's, 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 he's coming to terms. Yes, I'm, I'm interpreting it that way. But I guess and then so what, what does that do? Meaning, and then what? Meaning, how what's does that... Ins- what's what's the the- it gives him confidence. Give him confidence. Yeah, of he became comfortable in the land of the unknown. Yeah, he, he accepted, this is who I am. In the house of Paro, it wasn't true. <laughs> you know, but this is who he is. He well, look, at some point, he's going to have to come to terms with the fact... That he's the leader of Am Yisrael, and it's not going to be something he's comfortable with. So why did Hashem pick him? Why did Hashem pick him now, not before? You know, maybe he was ready. So here, here is the next thing I want to point out. Okay, now um, we've we've understood a little bit about Moshe's character. There is that this midrash I was going to tell you, but I think I'll I'll tell you next year because <laughs> we're gonna get we're running out of time. Um, put it in your calendar. Right? Yeah, put it in a calendar for next year. Okay, <laughs> but. Another thing I know you see is that his his feeling of care for the less fortunate is not a racist thing, meaning not racist and like racist. Like it's not based on race, because even when he leaves Israel, he also does it for the women, and that's another important thing because the Torah is not a book that's for Am Israel; it's for the entire world. So the person who leads the Torah needs to have universal concern for the less fortunate. Not just for the Jewish people. Okay? So he has 
concern for the less fortunate. He's willing to put aside the wealth and the luxury of the kingdom and side with the less fortunate. And when he does side with the less fortunate, it has nothing to do with the fact that they're his brethren and everything to do with the fact that there is a lack of justice. So what the Torah brings to the world, the most important thing is that it establishes law and justice in the land. And Moshe, who is going to be selected as the leader of Am Israel, he is the ultimate pursuer of justice. That's what we see. He loves justice. But there's something else. Not only does he love justice, he also has no interest in the luxuries that come with power because he runs away from it. So that's what makes Moshe the perfect leader. On the one hand, he has no interest in the power and he has all of the interest in, in pursuing justice. So he's corrupted. So he can't be corrupted because he doesn't have, you can't corrupt a guy who has no interest in your money. You can't corrupt a guy who has no interest in power for power's sake. If all he wants is justice and he proves it with his actions, then, he's a then, then that's, per, that's the perfect leader. Halavai that our leaders would be more interested in actually doing good than in achieving status. That's exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu is. He only cares about the good and doesn't care about the status. If he wanted status, he would stay in the house of Paro. And then he comes to Midian and he loses his, he doesn't know, he doesn't have an identity. And I think, this is the final lesson I want to show, that this is part of a process for Moshe, maybe to learn a little bit of patience. Because back in Egypt, it's not, it's not time for, for Moshe to come back. Paro still wants his head. The Jewish people are not ready. And it's just not time for him to go. So he stays in Midian, by some accounts, he stays in Midian for 60 years. 60? 60, 6-0. Yeah. Yeah. It was 20 and it's 60 years. And it is only when the king of Egypt dies and the coast is clear for him to re-engage without having his head cut off, does God call him to the burning bush and tell him that he should be the leader of Am Israel? Which I think is another beautiful lesson is that, is that so things in life... life now imagine, imagine that when he approached Paro, the Psukim are clear, the Psukim say he was 80 when he first approached Paro. So his whole life, he's roaming around, not knowing what to do with himself, a foreign man in a foreign land. And only by the end of his life does he finally find his identity. It's a fascinating lesson in patience. It's a fascinating lesson in, in learning to live with the uncertainty of life. Because if there's anybody who had to live with uncertainty, it was Moshe Rabin. Uncertainty and loneliness of not knowing where he belongs. He was, he was a you know, I think I think it's a very important lesson that, that we learn from Moshe, and that when God runs the world, and if we are to appreciate that God runs the world, it also means that we have to follow God's timeline. And sometimes that means that if we want the things immediately that are going to give us comfort. It may not be the time in God's plan for that thing to happen immediately. And sometimes we must remain very, very many years in discomfort and uncertainty. And only after that do we finally see the light. And that could just be what the life is. That's what life is about. Just to live for the moment. Yeah. And I think that's what Moshe has ex experienced as well. He's in Midian. Okay, so that was our... Uh, time is Amen, amen.